KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Well, you knew we were going to be here eventually, right? Tied at 2-2. These teams were 4-5 uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, very evenly matched up. Even if you talk about Russell Westbrook being lineup, uh, just it was going to be an interesting matchup. And then... It kind of played out. The Rockets dominated for a couple of games, a couple of games and a half. Oklahoma City has a hand of God. Actually, knock a ball out of bounds on a uh, on a play. They win game three, and then game four looks like a nice little sandwich. They figure something out, get a big lead on Houston. Houston battles back, has an incredible start to the third quarter, and then it goes back and forth like you want a good playoff matchup. To happen, and here we are, one seventeen, one fourteen. The Oklahoma City Thunder tie the series at two two, and joined by John Ham right now. John, this is exactly what you thought, right? Two two. This is. Um, let's see, because uh, I've got this recorded at home and put in my personal archive. I said they were going to win today, right? <laughs> is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you hedge your bet? Did you say they could win? Um, There's a possibility they'd win. You know that the details don't matter, Jerry. I think I think what we need to focus on here is that um, the Thunder tied the series, and I think that I believe I might have said that they would do that. Okay, well, good for good for you. I'm glad. I, you know, we had you on today. I'll be honest with you; I didn't listen to much of it. Yeah, um, <laughs> you were busy. I, I don't blame you. I was doing other stuff. I don't listen to your stuff either. Don't worry. <laughs> the time, but John, just uh, what an, what what a great game! What a great playoff game this is what you sign up for we'll play a basketball i don't care if you're watching the thunder the celtics or the sacrament i'm kidding not the celtics, <laughs> but, no no a lot of people you know, can't go back that far <laughs> that's been 14 years they can't remember the kings in the playoffs but no these past two games yes. have been tremendous playoff games this is the stuff we sign up for, and then you package it in with, you know, you, you've got Donovan Mitchell and and Jamal Murray oh, going head to head. You got absolutely. Luka Doncic, you know, reigning threes. This has just been fantastic down in the bubble. So we're going to break this down. We have a whole hour to break this down. We're going to give you some good stuff here. Remember Ranger baseball also tonight. John, it's almost like the world is getting back to real life. I'm trying to. Okay, so as you're watching this game. Uh, you're looking, and I, I really want to start with that third quarter. Uh, I thought that it was nice back and forth uh, with the uh, Thunder and the Rockets, but the beginning of that third quarter, they couldn't miss. Yeah. Uh, eight in a row, and not just Harden. I mean, everybody's knocking stuff down. Um, I think Covington had a pretty good game. Eric Gordon uh, doing good. P.J. Tucker being as tough as possible. But uh, it looked like for a second there that the Rockets had just started again, and that's what they've done all season. They look like world beaters when they're knocking uh, knocking shots down, and then when they're not sh- knocking shots down, then you get the second half of that third quarter where they had like five points in the last six minutes. I'm terrible at the stock market, okay? I don't play the stock market. The Thunder are, I don't know, like like an energy company. Like they're they're pretty steady, you know, pretty reliable. You kind of know it's, it's going to go up and down a bit, but they're pretty steady. Man... Houston Rockets are a tech stock. I mean, they will. 
they they got a new product launch, their stock price goes up, and then they you know then it tanks, and and that's just sort of how they go. That is the model. And the Thunder weathered that storm, Jerry. When when they hit those eight threes in the third quarter, I think yep. they went up by as many as fifteen at yes. one point. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, you could feel it. Like this is getting away. But to OKC's credit. You know, they, they didn't slump their shoulders. Uh, they, they didn't give up. They just kept chipping back at it. That's what we've seen from this team all season, dating back to, oh, my gosh, it's been almost a year. Oh, oh, oh you're talking about when they very first started. The start of this season okay. almost a year ago. I really don't acknowledge, and it's kind of like uh, a bad season one of Parks and Rec. I really don't <laughs> acknowledge uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder till after about the second week of December. Right. Uh, right? You kind of agree with that. No, I know exactly a, what you mean. A rough season one. Yep. But right at the uh, beginning of December there, in the middle of December, that's when this Thunder team starts to form. Chris Paul becomes a likable character, like Leslie Nope. Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you look at it, and right now, uh, and I talked about this a little bit about when they looked so bad against the Rockets, when the Rockets were knocking down shots. Had they reached their peak, and I just kind of want to, I'll back off of that just a little bit. They're still, John, struggling to beat this team without Russell Westbrook. So I don't want to go and say that Billy Donovan's figured something out, but that toughness that we talk about. Whenever we talk about the clutch and how clutch they've been and Chris Paul and the emergence of some of these young guys like Baisley, like, I don't know, Lou Dort, right? This is the ceiling that, I mean, right now, the picture is almost completely filled. I mean, it really is. Like, this is the most realized the Oklahoma City Thunder can be right now against the Houston Rockets, winning these two games, just clawing it out. Yeah, absolutely. And look... Uh, Westbrook's absence has allowed the Rockets to have another shooter on the floor. I mean, Eric Gordon is getting, he got 31 minutes today, and he was part of that three-point barrage, of course. But, you know, Jeff Green is getting more minutes, right, because of Russell Westbrook's absence. And so, you know, there is that sort of benefit. And when Russ comes back, it's going to, it's, you know, if he comes back, let's, let's back up. If he comes back this series, it would change that dynamic some. It would give you, you'd have to worry about something else and a little bit less about, you know, chasing the arc so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is huge because the first, I would say the first two games and part of the start of the third game, I'm watching the Thunder going, are these dudes just sick of the bubble? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame them if they are. I'd get tired of this after a while. Had multiple people asking me if Schroeder was even interested in being there yeah. just because of the way that he was playing. Right. Chris Paul, too. I mean, I, again, start the season, people thought, is Chris Paul washed? No, it just took him kind of a while to, 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 to rev up a little bit. You've seen a different spirit with this Thunder team the past, let's say, seven quarters. Yeah, absolutely. And overtime. There's an overtime in there, too. What? Okay, so here we are. Uh, at the end of Game 4, uh, we're going to go into a pivotal Game 5. And honestly, I think the biggest story in this entire series is Lou Dort versus James Harden. It really is. You talk about the Rockets. Two former Sun Devils. The Rockets shooting. You can talk about that all you want. You can talk about Billy Donovan and trying to find a good lineup or whatever. But honestly, it really focuses on Lou Dort versus James Harden. Again today, you saw him bothered by Lou Dort. Lou Dort gets five fouls and plays most of the fourth quarter with the five fouls, still doing a great job. Listen, I undersold Lou Dort the first couple of games. Whenever you know the, we we laugh because we're old enough to remember Reuben Patterson and the, <laughs> and the Kobe stopper. Remember Ruby, uh, Reuben Paddle Hands, That's, as they uh, called him. I think uh, Reuben Patterson had one good game against yep. Kobe in a playoff series, and then after that, it was over. Right, right. And I kind of felt that was kind of going to be Lou Dort. 
he was going to have a, a pretty good series or a pretty good game against James Harden. But James Harden is going to be James Harden. John, I think I think he's starting to get bugged. I mean, here's the reality: James Harden day was 11 of 25, and he was cooking. There was an effort to get some points on the board from James Harden early in this game. And I would say this whether the Thunder won or lost. Houston was making an effort to screen Dort, to put some physicalness into Dort, right? Dare you to call this many moving screens. We dare you. We dare you to call this many, you know, little extra oomph there on the screen. They did occasionally, but, you know, there was an effort, and I understand. Like, that's valid. If If you've got a guy that is bothering your star that much, put a body on him. So that made sense. Um, but, yeah, Harden was 11 of 25 from the field. Obviously, that tailed off in the second half. Two key things from Lou Dort. You mentioned five fouls, yep. not six. Yep. Five. One of those was an offensive foul. Lou, don't do that. <laughs> Second thing, three of nine from three. If you know That's a lot better than 0 of four. It is. That's a lot better than 0 of six or what have you. If he can hit three of nine, if they're going to leave him open, uh, that gives OKC a chance uh, to, to keep him on the floor. 1077, the franchise. That's John Hamm. I'm Jerry Ramsey. Uh, this is the post game that you've been waiting for. Absolutely. Uh, we do it right, the Franchise Thunder Insiders. Brady's still high on a mountain. We'll get a hold of him uh, in the uh, second half. And then back on the board, of course, Ryan Chapman. Uh, Ryan, you've been here all day. Uh, you've heard all the takes. You had to watch the uh, the game, kind of mute it as you're listening to Randy and, and Sam. I just real quick, I just want to get one of your takes. First off, I'm just happy that this is a show of everyone who picked the Thunder to win today. Good job, us. But I I just think it's big time by Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder after the game one and game two that they had to come back and respond in this way. Dennis Schroeder's always hot and cold throughout his career up until this season, and that's kind of what has allowed the Thunder to consistently be great since, what is it, Thanksgiving, the official day that we're accepting the Thunder season started. But Dennis Schroeder today, oh my gosh, shooting 63% from the floor just about. Um, he was he kind of fixed some of the defensive issues in the second half, I thought, from what I saw. And uh, that bodes very, very well for Oklahoma City because Brady's kind of alluded to this. I was there that day at practice, too, when Brady kind of asked about how Billy Donovan and his voice in the locker room is working with this team. And, and Dennis Schroeder, un, you know, without being mentioned in the question or anything like that, he kind of brought up that, you know, Russell's not here anymore and kind of went on about how people kind of listen. So we've seen Dennis and Russell kind of uh, go at it a little bit in one of the first games here. I'm interested to see what kind of dynamic that would be, Schroeder and Westbrook going at it as the X-Factors for each team uh, as this series folds out even farther. John, I've talked about this for years. Remember whenever Dennis Schroeder first got picked up by the Oklahoma City Thunder? I said, I wish I could be a fly on the wall at those practices because you know both of those guys are bulldogs. Ever since the day I found out that Schroeder was coming over, uh, you know, for, for Carmelo Anthony, and you know, Carmelo Anthony is great, uh, you know, great tenure with the Atlanta Hawks is, you know, will go down in history. I have uh, doing well, I guess, in Portland my right now. But <laughs> you look at that; this might be a real thing because Russell Westbrook. They showed some practices. He showed he was playing. You made a mention that maybe he's not looking so hot in practice. I don't know. At a certain time, I mean, he's Russell Westbrook, and I know this just as well as you do. If the guy can get on the court and give you 75 to 80%, he's going to get out there. So first of all, Jerry, um, let, let's back up and talk about Schroeder and Melo for a moment. I mean, think of how much cleaner OKC's cap sheet would be if they had just waved and stretched Melo. <laughs> okay. But instead, and they go and make a trade for Dennis Schroeder and Is go... This- 
Go is, pollute their books for another year. Is this you doing what only you, like, you You just really, there's one dude that's listening going, oh, man, John Hamm just came after me. Dude, <laughs> I get no, it. No, there's a lot of people, believe me, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people with very popular podcasts and blogs that thought, <laughs> OKC just needs to wave and stretch mellow. And then, but no, they, they turned him into Dennis Schroeder. So I just had to get to that. Second point. You know, they did. They showed footage of Russell Westbrook working up a sweat before before the game, right? Going through what what the little football hop hop through the rope thing and yes. and doing a bunch of drills. A lot of jumping off that left leg. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. We got a couple of days. We'll figure out what D'Antoni wants to do with Russell Westbrook. Well, because you know just as well as I do, it's what D'Antoni's gonna get told to do with Russell Westbrook, not necessarily what he's gonna go with. Uh give you some scores real quick as far as guys. Uh, Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder just absolutely dominated. We're talking about 26 points and uh, three assists and six rebounds from Chris Paul. Like you alluded to, uh, Ryan, 30 points on 10 of 16 shooting from Dennis Schroeder. Two of the smaller guys on the court absolutely uh, cooking, and they, they were. This is the best of the best when it comes to the, the guard lineup, the three-guard lineup. And even Shea, soft little Shea, 12 rebounds, 18 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, John, I've been all year kind of getting on to Shea, Ale- uh, Shea Gilders Alexander, or as the Denver play-by-play crew like to call him, Alexander. Uh, <laughs> I've been, I've been kind of hard and critical on him all year. Um, there's times where you can see that he's ready to come out of his shell, and then there's times where men like P.J. Tucker and uh, Robert Covington kind of body on him, and he, like his name says, shies away from it. Well, and again, second-year player versus grizzled vets. You have yep. to keep that in mind, too. So, uh, yeah, th- there's, a, there's a lot of things that I think you can take away very positive in Shea's game, especially today, 18 points, again, 12 boards, uh, six assists, uh, just doing a lot of work all the way around. So, you know, yeah, a, a, little, a little bit of that, that extra nasty. I think that's something he's – first of all, he needs to make that part of his personality on the court somehow, and Basley's going to need that, too. Maybe that's just youthful, oh, man, I can't believe I'm in the NBA, and something will make them turn. Something might make these guys turn a little bit at some point and turn on the nasty. You make a great point about – you talk about Shea, you talk about Dort, and you talk about Baisley. Those three guys right now, the seasoning they're getting right now – I don't think Oklahoma City really realizes this, but Oklahoma City fans don't realize this. These guys are getting playoff seasoning right now that there was no way that this was the outlook to begin the season. We just uh, didn't know. You just, no way you knew that Dort was going to get, I mean, at the end of this, John, honestly, if Harden doesn't drop a 60, uh, a 60 piece in the next couple of games or whatever, even if Houston wins, Dort has already gotten the attention of a bunch of the guys out of the NBA. Shea is getting uh, just uh, absolutely applauded by a bunch of guys. And even Darius Baisley, I saw this dude, um, washed-up guy, his name was Draymond Green. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, he was uh, dropping stuff on Darius Baisley, like how impressive he looked. In, in the state of Oklahoma, we call that Cruton. I believe. <laughs> that's that's apostrophe C R O O T I N. So anytime Draymond Green opens his mouth, <laughs> he's, he's or, recruiting. He's tampering. That's yeah, yeah. He might as well put the Lincoln Riley blinky eyes. He might as well. <laughs> so uh, I just listen, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, these guys all putting it together. Uh, Nerlens Noel and and Stephen Adams. Billy Donovan told us. These guys have places in the lineup, and all you nerds uh, that just want us to run the small lineup, shut up, because I'm Billy Donovan, and I know more than you. 
It it paid off today. But what was the lineup down the stretch, Jerry? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was you know, but yes, I, I think Billy has made a point. Look, Steven Adams had four offensive rebounds a day. Nerlens Noel had one. Uh, you know, that was the tap back. I, I still think there needs to be less Nerlens Noel in this series. Uh, but it's kinda hard to argue with the results right now. But again, the lineup down the stretch was the blog boy five, as Brett Dawson coined it. The three point guards plus Dort plus Gallinari. That took him it home. It seems to work out. That is John Hamm. I am Jerry Ramsey. Back in studio, Ryan Chapman. Ryan, do me a favor. Uh, during the break, unfortunately, uh, we haven't seen anything on this, but can you get us a uh, update on the Perel uh, dispenser that James Harden knocked over? Uh, honestly, it was just a bystander. I know, John, you were driving. You didn't yeah. get a chance to see this. But uh, if it's okay, can you find out? Did it have to go to the hospital? Is there? Is it? Is it fine? So, so he took some frustration out on a bottle of Purell. No, on, it, was, on, it was an entire. Uh, oh, it was the entire stand. It was the entire, yeah, it was the entire stand. stand. That is a valuable resource in our world right now. Why are we wasting that? Here we go. I actually think I have the video. I can pull up for you real quick. Here we go. All right, John. Okay. Just get a look there. And this is your first reaction off of this. Harden coming down the hallway. What? Yeah. What did the Purell do? First of all, immediately you think. That uh, Harden pushes it over. D'Antoni uh, asks for a review. Turns out <laughs> it was a foul on the dispenser. Two shots for James Harden. I'm, I'm a little shocked. James didn't slump to the ground after hitting it. 1077 of the franchise. I am Jerry Ramsey. That is John Hamm. We are on the first take post game show. Brought to you by Alan Samuels Volkswagen. Uh, great to, uh, to be with you. When we get back, uh, we'll hook up with Brady Trantham, who's in Colorado, and we'll go over more of this Thunder victory against the Houston Rockets, 117-114 to 114 on 1077 The Franchise. The Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show, presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. The First Take postgame show brought to you by Alan Samuels uh, Volkswagen. I'm Jerry Ramsey. John Hamm joining us. Ryan Chapman. Fulfilling out his community service, uh, he's been on the board since, uh, I'd say, about 10 o'clock this morning. Although, I don't know, that first hour with Todd, did Todd run the board and you got to be uh, talent? Yeah, I officially uh, sat in the chair that you're going to be sitting in most of the week. And uh, I've only been running the board since 11, but I've been in 945. By the way, um, that Purell stand MRI pending tomorrow. Rockets are confident it'll be back and ready for Game 5, though. <laughs> I hope they get that Perel stand working. That it just seems like in the conditions that they're in in the bubble, John, that they're going to need that thing. Uh, maybe they need to look at issuing a suspension because again, that is a pretty valuable resource right now. One zero seven seven the franchise. Let's go to the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. And I don't know if this guy is still Rocky Mountain High or not. Brady Trantham, are you still in the mountains or are you on your way back? Are you back? Where are you at, bud? Well, I've never left, Jerry. That's the correct answer. But uh, I'm about 10 minutes from the border of the great state of Oklahoma. I'm still in Kansas, unfortunately. So uh, I'm not high anymore. I'm not high up. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's going to be interesting as you uh, are going to be talking through Jayhawk lenses because obviously you're going to probably talk a lot about Ben McLemore and him. But um, just real quick, what you saw from the game there was that early, uh, that early part in the third quarter where Houston just started lighting it up. But aside from that, I can't think of another time during the game where the Houston Rockets and the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder just didn't play even. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it seems like 
to you guys. I, I don't. I really don't mean to dumb down a, a potential seven-game series, but unless Russell Westbrook comes back, guys, because that, that's a monkey wrench that we just don't know how that's going to affect the series either positively or negatively for Houston. Does it just seem like the Rockets, in order to beat the Thunder, or at least not get the Thunder in a situation where it's a one or two possession game at the end at the end of the fourth quarter? It just seems like that Jeff Green, Austin Rivers, Ben Lamore, P.G. Tucker, those guys have to shoot lights out. Because Harden's going to get his points. He's also going to have to work for him against Lou Dort. But it just seems like unless Houston is hitting shots, the Thunder have this game, this series figured out. And that's probably dumbed down. I don't mean this to be kind of a hot take after the Thunder uh, tie the series at two. This, this is, I, I, I originally picked the Rockets in six, so this is where this is coming from. But watching all this, reading all the things that I've read, it just seems like it's that simple. If the Rockets want to win this series, they just have to simply hit shots. And if the Thunder are going to continue to play this good defense against them and force contested jumpers, force contested looks, and the Thunder are going to find themselves in a one- or two-possession game at the end of the fourth quarter, the Thunder are going to like their chances. And the Rockets, they just, they're not diverse enough. It's, it's, it's shocking considering how talented they are. I mean, Brady, here's something to kind of illustrate what you're talking about there. We've talked a lot about the third quarter, the first, let's say, six minutes and ten seconds of the third quarter because I was trying to scroll and I couldn't get it to exactly where I wanted to, so I'm arbitrarily placing this. Six minutes and ten seconds. The Rockets hit ten of eleven shots overall, eight of eight from three, 28 points in that span. OKC missed all six of its three-point attempts, scored 13 points in that stretch, and OKC persevered. So, yeah, you know, that's the thing. It's not just, I think, you know, just hitting their shots. I think it is uh, sustainably hitting those shots. We saw that in game exactly. one of this series where the Rockets got up to a big lead a little bit in game two as well. Um, but, yeah, if, if they can't sustain that for an entire game, I think OKC is going to be feeling pretty good about themselves right now. No question. That's going to be the thing. Like, in game one, the Rockets sustained it. And I think we all kind of understood yeah, I don't know if Jeff Green's going to play like that all series long. Now, Jeff Green has had a very good Jeff Green series even up to now. Now, if Russell Oster comes back, his minutes are going to get decreased. But he hasn't had a game one performance like he did in game two, three, or four. So, of course, it's like, can the Rockets sustain it? And that's always been the thing with them. And I think we kind of fell in love with the fact, too much so probably, that, yes, the Thunder are not the more talented roster. But I think the Thunder know exactly what they are. They're able to do what they can do enough, and they're also just savvy enough with Chris Paul, uh, Danilo Gallinari, Stephen Adams. They're also savvy enough to adjust on the fly in that, okay, let's bring Gallo to five and play essentially four, four guards on the floor um, in a playoff series where we've rarely done something like that all season long, even before the season got suspended. Let's just do that on the fly. So the Thunder are just, they seem way more equipped for postseason basketball than the Houston Rockets, and it's still so weird because guys it's true we don't know if Russell Westbrook is even coming back in the first place but if he does I don't like I I want to say that that is good for Houston because Russell Westbrook is a future Hall of Fame player but we've seen so much out of Russell over the last few years that I just like that's not a good thing that is like the ultimate we are panicking and this is not going to work well for them if that's the case well, and I mean, as evidenced earlier by Russell Westbrook and Stephen Adams and Dennis Schroeder having words, um, you know, that, exactly. that is something that could definitely carry over onto the floor if Russell Westbrook plays. Exactly. Houston, just watch Thunder playoff games for the last two years. I'm not going to count the, the year Russell Westbrook won the MVP because he was by far the best player in the, in the league. 
and the Thunder were awful and he was off the floor. He did as much as he could. You don't want Russell Westbrook coming into the series thinking, I'm going to save Houston. If that's the case, yes, he might win a one game by himself, but he will not win the series for you. In fact, he will torpedo the series if he's going to get in mental fights with Stephen Adams or Dennis Schroeder. That is, that is not what you want if you're a Rockets fan. Brady, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about something real quick. Lou Dort was undrafted. Okay. Was he? Oh, there you go. He, he was? Yeah. No. So, no. so other other teams in the NBA had an opportunity. Including the Thunder. Let's and, not. Okay. I hate when people do this. And, do and it. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm making sure I understand okay. this because I haven't heard this enough. So he okay. was not All drafted. Right. All okay. Right. All right. All right. That's what including else? the Thunder, though, John. So okay. don't give me that garbage. Is, is there anything else he about his story? undrafted, but he has come in. And here's, here's the thing, John, that really gets me. And you understand this as an NBA guy. And, Brady, you do, too. And that's why my ask you about this the respect that he's gotten from the refs forget the nba twitter forget the doris burke doris i get it he's a good defender but the respect he's gotten from the nba refs on james blanken harden has just been phenomenal to me right now four games in brady it's a huge now it looks like a huge mistake by the entire nba by passing on this guy because he's doing it that well I mean, talk about Lou Dort and getting it done against James Harden with five fouls. Yeah, like I remember even thinking during the first half, I thought, oh gosh, I think Billy Donovan heard too much of our criticism at the end of the, or during the fourth quarter of game three when he took out Lou Dort until the final possession of regulation and thought, okay, he's, he has three fouls for halftime. Well, the fans and the media want me to keep him in, so I guess I'll keep him in. I'm just like, no, Billy, that's not smart. And then he goes into the fourth quarter with five fouls, and I'm just thinking, oh, gosh, either the refs are going to start swallowing their whistles and say, like, this is the playoffs, this is what's important, defense, effort, we're going to reward that, or they're going to reward James Harden for flopping around and get Mike D'Antoni screaming at him. And fortunately, uh, reason prevailed, and defense and effort was rewarded. But, like, Lou Dort's just ability, guys, his, his lateral movement is incredible. Um, it's Look, effort... Hustle, all that stuff can be very cliche, but with Lou Dort, it's very noticeable. It's, it's very visible how well he plays the game of basketball on the defensive end of the floor. And you even saw it with the way James Harden was playing the game today. He started off hot, like you guys said, what was he, five or six from the floor, 15 points or so to start off the game. And you're thinking, okay, here comes the 40 piece from James Harden. And then Lou Dort kind of settled in, won some, won some defensive battles. And then Harden kind of had the understanding of, okay, I got to foul this cat out because I cannot score on him consistently like I can against a Terrence Ferguson or Dennis Schroeder. It's just, it's just a different matchup and I'm not prepared for it perhaps. But, uh, I mean, I thought Lou Dort obviously being absent for game one, of course, did not help their chances. I did not think he was going to be able to swing the series so much so to the point where now the Thunder have tied the series. They're tied, yes. The Thunder have the momentum. They have, like, they have, the clear path to win this series, in my opinion, even coming from somebody who picked the Rockets in six. And a lot of it is at Lou Dort's feet. All right, saying that, uh, last one for us here while you travel back to Oklahoma City, safe travels, by the way. How do you see Game 5 unfolding? I'm going to assume that Russell won't play uh, because just like John Hamm pointed out, you know he's bouncing, bouncing around a lot on his left leg. So uh, I'm going to assume that he does not play I think the Thunder are going to win. Now, if Austin Rivers has a 20-point quarter or Ben McMore goes 
five of six from the three-point line. P.J. Tucker goes off. Like, if, if any one of these wild cards goes off, like, all bets are off the table. If the Thunder find themselves in a one-two possession game at the end of the fourth quarter, they like their chances. I like their chances. But because I think the Thunder have simply figured this series out schematically, that does not guarantee that they'll win the series. But I think that they're in the driver's seat to win, so I'm going to go ahead and pick them to win uh, uh, on Wednesday. All right, great stuff, Brady. Uh, appreciate you all you've done, uh, even on vacation, joining us. Uh, have a great, great time home. Of course, uh, guys. But thanks for letting me uh, jump on and uh, talk to you all later. All right, Brady Trantham joining us on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline, a franchise Thunder insider. By the way, follow Madison Morris. Uh, she's following the Zoom meetings. She's going to tweet stuff out. Also, she'll be uh, putting together a great article that you can read this evening. Uh, real quick, uh, I want to go back to Ryan because Ryan, you actually got to see. I was I was setting up for the the post game, and so I didn't get to see this uh, live. And and I think you have some audio too uh, by chance. But Chris Paul didn't talk about his play against the Rockets. He didn't talk about uh, you know coming back from a O two deficit. Didn't talk about any of that stuff. Uh, he got into uh, something else after the game. And uh, could you take that? Uh, take us through that. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if everyone has been following this, but there's obviously a um, pretty disheartening video coming out of Wisconsin of uh, yet another instance where obviously the the details have not come out yet, but um, it, it looks like uh, there was an African American man that was um, looked to be under control, moving to his car, obviously moving away from a police officer. Um, the police officer did not want him to go there, and it appears that the police opened fire on this man from point blank range. So obviously. Um, Anytime something like that happens, um, as we saw with George Floyd, it's a very, very um, raw situation right now in the country. So Chris Paul, like you said, off the court, huge win for the Thunder, and this is immediately what his postgame interview was. You know, we decided to come down here to play for, and we said we're going to speak on the social injustice and the things that continue to happen, um, you know, to our people. It's not right. It's not right. So the win is good, you know, but voting is real. I'm going to challenge all my NBA guys, other sports guys. Let's try to get our entire teams ready to vote. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff going on in the country, sports. The school is good and well. It's how we take our families. But those are the real issues that we, we got to start addressing. So, yeah, I mean, you can just hear the emotion in his voice there. I'm sure it's a little bit naturally um, just the fact that the game just ended. He's exhausted. But immediately, once again, this is why it didn't make a lot of sense to me for the Kyrie Irving, um, you know, counterinsurgents of we don't need to be moving to the bubble right now. We need to have the spotlight on social justice issues. This is just another example of NBA players immediately using their platforms and a what I'm sure was a a ton of eyeballs on it, wanting to know what the superstar point guard Phil City Thunder had to say after a huge Game 4 performance. John, shame on anyone who hated Chris Paul. Shame. Now listen, <laughs> I say that with, the, with this contingency. On the court, if you, your favorite team, is not point guarded. I don't know if that's a word. Right. It is not point guarded by Chris Paul. I can see you on the court not liking this dude. Years for the Clippers. You're right. He was uh, just a pain in everyone's ass. Mm-hmm. That year, that really good year with the Rockets, he was a pain in everyone's ass. Uh, but off the court, the reason they're there, a big reason, is because Chris Paul yeah. helped him develop the bubble. Right. For him to have 
uh, just the, the state of mind to speak on that after a huge, and it's an emotional win. Right. He's playing Houston. He really does have the, uh, the ability to lead men. And what I will always say, and I never, ever jumped on that because I always understood, uh, being a guy who's a leader of men myself, uh, I always understood where Chris Paul uh, came from. Sometimes you got to do what you could do for your boys. And it comes across to other people as, uh, you know, maybe uh, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, all that good stuff, whatever. But Chris Paul, man, uh, incredible basketball player, Hall of Fame point guard, awesome man. I mean, just just awesome. I, I tuned out when you said you were a leader of men. I, I'm going to admit I didn't hear anything you said. I was trying to stifle a laugh underneath my uh, breath there. But, no, I uh, you know, look, it's it's obviously, uh, I, I think Ryan touched upon it, it's a hot-button issue. Obviously, George Hill of the Bucks. I mean, he came out and said we shouldn't even be here. Th- yeah. These are the reasons why we shouldn't be here. Um, there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, there, there's opinions. George Hill and, and people that uh, that share his thinking feel like we shouldn't be down here distracting from the bigger message. Uh, people like Chris Paul say, let's take this opportunity and try to spread the message and, and take the you know take every chance we can to remind people of, uh, of, of these wrongs that are happening in the world. Absolutely. And that's the thing, like you said right there, uh, John Hamm, that uh, that was a big issue going into the bubble. Maybe some of the people didn't want to uh, opt in because that was going on, and Chris Paul's showing you can do both. And uh, yeah. he's, you know, he worked too damn hard to get that bubble going uh, to leave early. I also put that on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> especially I mean, with yes, yeah, that's the truth. And uh, I, it it is kind of a it is a, it's a weird situation, Jerry, because families are now going into self quarantine in preparation of going down to the bubble. Like there's this teetering point here of you either go into quarantine because you're going to Orlando in a few days, or you're going into quarantine, but then your loved ones are coming home in a few days anyway. What right? a weird, yeah, what a weird spot there. It's, it's a weird thing. So so players are getting close to being reunited with their loved ones one way or another. And again, it certainly feels like in the past seven quarters plus one overtime period, OKC has, has woken up a little bit. By the way, as a uh, father of five, yeah. if I'm Dennis Schroeder, I'm telling my wife and the baby to go ahead and stay home. <laughs> and if possible, maybe not call as much as you've been. <laughs> They're babies. They're resilient. Yeah, they'll yeah. they'll be fine. They'll, yeah, I mean, this is the Schroeder's second child. Yes. Yeah, the second one. It's you know you you, st- you stop worrying about all the little stuff. I mean, it's not colic. It's not colic. <laughs> Trust me, lady. Yeah. It's not colic. It's not the scary thing you found on WebMD. It's not that either. One zero seven seven. The franchise. That is John. I am Jerry Ryan. Back in studio. Uh, we'll take a little break. When we come back, uh, we'll break down more of this game. We'll look around uh, the association. We'll get a player of the game. All kind of great stuff ahead of Maybe even the stat cat, since uh, we're really close to him anyway, might appear. But uh, great stuff coming from the First Take postgame show on 107.7 The Franchise. Back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. One zero seven seven. The franchise is John Hamm and Jerry Ramsey. The Oklahoma City Thunder. If you're just now getting in your car, they played the Houston Rockets today. It was a very important game. They were down two one. Didn't look too good in game three. Took a miracle, a missed free throw, a bad pass, 
Greg Anthony said, finally, somebody else. <laughs> Did you, as a Knicks fan, John, yeah. I didn't get a chance to talk to you about this. As a Knicks fan, whenever you saw like Eric Gordon tumble over and not get the imbalance pass and it goes out of bounds, mm-hmm. did you have a... A flashback? Did you, whenever... Still have PTSD. When some guy misses a layup, I just see Charles Smith. <laughs> when Reggie Miller just, you know, kind of got in the way mm-hmm. of Anthony, and Anthony falls down. Mm-hmm. and uh... When someone does a finger roll, I just see Patrick Ewing against the Pacers. <laughs> yeah. Just, as a Knicks fan, that play in particular just has to hurt. Yeah. Because all you got to do is inbound the ball and hit your free throws, man. Yeah. I know. And, I mean, hey, by the way, shout out. A couple of, couple of things we haven't talked about yet. Okay. Shout out to Danilo Gallinari. For getting the steal of the game. Oh, defensive stopper. Defensive stopper. Danilo Gallinari. Late is, in the game. This has been such a weird year for Danilo Gallinari. No, you could have stopped before the prepositional <laughs> phrase. It has been a weird year. Yes, it has. 2020 <laughs> dictates that Danilo Gallinari is going to make a great defensive play yeah. in, a, in a playoff series. You're absolutely yeah. correct. And also, shout out Terrence Ferguson. He came in. He only played three minutes. If you're if you're just perusing the box score, it's going to be just nothing of note to you. He took one shot. It was yeah. one three. He missed it. But he came in and he efforted in those three minutes and bought Billy Donovan a little bit of time. There was there was a a, a steal. Yeah. Quote, you know, I'm going to question mark. James yep. Harden. James Harden turned the ball over in front right. of him. And then listen, I I don't want to call James Harden fat. I don't. I've had a long day. I don't want to do that. He's a stocky guy, though. Yeah, right? sure. He and, and Luca. It's not. It's not defined. There's no right. definition to it. But he's yeah. a stocky guy. So immediately after the turnover, he just straight up falls on yeah. Terrence Ferguson. And I thought, oh man, is, is T. Ferg okay? Yeah, that's that could snap a tibia that on that kid. A, that is a chunky, chunky guy. Yeah. Um, Ryan, back in the studio. I want to prepare you for something. I just want to run some bumper music. I don't really want. Uh, the actual imaging, uh, and we'll talk about that. I'm producing on air, and people love that. It's the inside scoop that I'm not afraid to give you guys. But if we could just run some bumper music, I would love to do uh, our player of the game if we could, okay? And why not the Tupacster? Good job. Okay, player of the game brought to you by Alan Samuels Volkswagen here in Edmond. I mean, what, do I have a choice? Do I have any other choice? Then, uh, you know what, I'm not. I'm going to go ahead and, and leave the layup for you other guys. I'm going to say the player of the game, I'll take Chris Paul. Why not? 26, 3, and 6. By the way, the clutchiest of all clutchers, right? Chris Paul, uh, controlling the game, being a leader of men, uh, speaking on social uh, justice afterwards. Is there a better better player than Chris Paul? Chris Paul, my player of the game. John? Chris Paul also had a late turnover that did not. I mean, I, I'm just throwing out there. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. They overcame that. Okay. There are teams in the past that Chris Paul has been on where he's had a late turnover in a playoff game. We've seen it. I'm just saying. First okay, jab. see? Oh, yeah, again, uh, Paul is spectacular. I, I got to go with Schroeder on this one, sure. though. 10 of 16, 4 of 7 from 3, 6 of 7. And again, seeing Schroeder back in his comfort zone, right? The first game or two, it, he was discombobulated. I think the Houston defense had a lot to do with that. I think, um, I, I don't know, maybe Baby, baby Blues had something to do with that, but still, um, he has come back to life. And whenever he is, when he is engaged, when he is in it, this is a this is a really great series for him to shine. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to give you a chance for player of the game and also tell you 
to prepare for the scoreboard update because we cannot wait to hear from you. Um, for my player of the game, first off, I, I guess I'll take Lou Dort. Um, wasn't super flashy offensively. And like, if you look at the plus minus, this is why we don't like box score plus minus. He was a minus seven for the night. But the fact that a undrafted rookie came in and played that long down the stretch with five fouls sitting on him, the fact that he was able to not foul out allowed for Billy Donovan to go small down the stretch. We saw Steven Adams pick up that offensive foul that wiped SGA's uh, what layup off the board there with about four minutes left, and immediately Schroeder came back in, and it allowed the Thunder to close with that small ball lineup that, of course, netted them the victory. So give me Lou Dort um, continuing the great defensive effort on perhaps the hardest score to guard in maybe NBA history. That is Ryan Chapman, ladies and gentlemen. We'll hear from him in just a second when we go around the association. But, John, all right, here we are. You look at uh, Houston, they have the same formula. This is the same formula that won them two games, that had them leading in the game three and being very competitive. And, and let's be honest, a couple of shots go their way, and uh, they could probably have won this game too. I just, I kind of want to talk about what happened to them in the fourth quarter. We kind of joke around. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Dwight Howard was on the team? And I think they, what, they, they won a game four. They were down 3-0, and they won a game four, and you could see the bench just, Yo, oh, just what were those? you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I just remember that. Yeah. And I, I was kind of reminded of that, uh, kind of in the mid, mid to late fourth quarter there. It just seemed like Houston was going through the motions. They were doing the same things, yeah. kicking and driving, trying to get to the bucket, whatever. But P.J. Tucker didn't hit those shots. Daniel House didn't hit those shots. Jeff Green wasn't just open out of nowhere. And I'll be honest to you, I'll be honest with you, John, a little slow burn from the Thunder. I think that it's starting to get to the Houston Rockets that the Thunder aren't going away anytime soon. Yeah, and again, you could understand why Houston would, would be fairly confident after that game won. It was a game one where, where the Thunder were befuddled. They they admitted afterwards, like, yeah, we haven't had a look at this small ball defense before. We needed a game, and, and we're going to adjust. Um, but, yeah, it, it does feel like OKC counterpunched. That's what I keep coming back yeah. to. They counterpunched. Houston was throwing all the haymakers. Credit to Houston, because part of their game plan has been, we're going to neutralize Steven Adams on the offensive glass. They've done a tremendous job there. They have switched on everything. They have taken away the looks that OKC has done a great job of generating this season. All sorts of credit to them. And OKC was just sort of taking it. But yeah. now, I mean... They they're fighting back, and you know this is Houston's opportunity to do the same. This is why I felt this was going to be a seven game series. Uh, I I just felt there was going to be counter punches. Uh, you're, you're going to see adjustments from both coaching staffs back and forth, and uh, it, it has all the makings of being a great playoff series. I want to ask you a question about uh, Mike Dan, and you've never been a D'Antoni fan. Oh, you've never you okay? We, we've talked throughout the years, and we've kind of uh, as a playoff coach. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Qualify it with that. That's fine because we've. Had had conversations yep. about him in the playoffs. So here you are. You just got through saying D'Antoni needs to make some adjustments. What adjustments is he going to make, John? They play the same kind of ball <laughs> all the time. It's drive, straight line drives. It's drive, pick up a foul, and drive and kick. And I'll be honest with you, look at the free throws that Houston's shooting. They're not getting to the line, which just blows my mind because I totally expect Houston not only to get to the line a lot, but to beat Oklahoma City 
on the free throw attempts, and it's not happening. Well, I mean, one adjustment, again, was putting Lou Dort into a bunch of screens today, trying to get a bunch of switches, get Dort off of him and have Harden go against, uh, you know, not Dort defenders, basically. So, I mean, that was one switch, and I mentioned earlier, they were just punishing Dort on screen. So that, I mean, that's an adjustment. No, it's not like a rethinking of their strategy. They are still going to try to moneyball this thing. Right, they they've got a magic formula somewhere that says if we shoot fifty eight three pointer attempts, we have a forty two percent chance of winning a three point ball. You know, whatever the percentages are, that's how Houston's gonna gonna look at this. But you know, again, I, I feel like there's little things within the game that they're gonna try. Okay, can we gain a little bit of advantage this way? Can we neutralize this by doing that? And I think it's gonna go back and forth. John, the Houston Rockets, four for four from the free throw line from Eric Gordon. Four from five for James Harden and one from Daniel House. They are not getting to the free throw line, and that is just that that just blows my mind. If we would have talked before the series and we talked about free throw attempts, I would not have told you that the Houston Rockets are going to get ten free throw attempts. And it's not like John. I'm not going to turn into. Other broadcasters in this that they're going to tell you that the refs are crazy or the refs are doing bad. They're not. This is a decently, there's one really bad call, uh, but there are some, de- this is a decently called series. I agree. I do- why? What? What is Houston doing? Not getting to the free throw line. Well, and you go back. Uh, game three, they had six, uh, had twenty three attempts at the free throw line. Only made sixteen of those. That's part of why it went into overtime, like it did. But they got to the line a bunch in game one and in game two. And yeah, what, what was it? Ten attempts today. And that's that has been a problem with OKC is defending without fouling. That is, it, it, how yep. many times do we hear Billy Donovan talk yes. about that? Yep. Uh, they're still going to have their moments. They're still going to foul a three-point shooter. It's in their blood. It's something they can't <laughs> they they can't purge. Well, it's legacy at this point. It is. It is. I, they, they probably hand out some sort of a trophy afterwards. Uh, it's become such a thing. But yeah, uh, that's the thing. It's just fouling. Uh, you know, uh, defending without fouling and not accumulating a lot of dumb fouls that puts Houston into the bonus. I think that's another thing, Jerry. Is you know those bonus free throws. Whenever you you know your team that that puts the other team in the bonus with five minutes to go in the quarter. Yeah. Well, then James Harden can you know could basically flail all he wants and live at the line and just eat. That's not happening. I just, and, and we all know that James Harden loves to eat. Uh, <laughs> look at Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder, just the two of them. They were uh, 12 of 13 from the line. Chris Paul, right? Who, yep. you know, me, him, he and I probably need Mrs. Ramsey's help to get the honeycombs off the top shelf. We're about the same size. <laughs> Dennis Schroeder, also a diminutive guy. Both those guys getting, you know, 13 uh, free throw attempts. I'm just. I'm telling you. I. I just. I question Houston's aggression, mm-hmm. and if you really wonder what Russell Westbrook could add to this team, whether he's going to play in Game Five or whether he's not going to play in Game Five, John, is those attempts are going to go up. I, I would imagine so. And look, I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, like Daryl Morey or Mike D'Antoni take one for the team. And come out with a little public criticism. Sure, sure. You know, that's some of the gamesmanship you also see during a playoff series. Uh, you know, you could see something like that as well. So, uh, and believe me, behind the doors, uh, I guarantee you, Daryl Morey's already made 17 phone calls. Uh, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to plead his case with video and and charts, probably a lot of graphs. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Well, while he still has a job, because uh, in the <laughs> off, in the off season, I think they're going to look over a lot of things and and what Morey had to say over this very long season. Uh, we'll see if he's still. Around. We'll see. Um, you but were- no, you, you, I think you touched upon it. Aggressiveness. 
And again, I go back to OKC. The tide kind of turned in their favor, and they've been the more uh, aggressive team in this series. They absolutely have. Neither, here's the another uh, like the thing that people believe that's not really true. People think that this uh, Rockets team, if you keep them out of transition, uh, you're doing a good job. They're really not a transition team, John. Yeah, uh, just they're, they're opportunistic, just like the Thunder. And that's what makes this uh, series so close, is that neither one of these really want to run out in transition. Both of them want a half-court offense. And, it, it, you know, and I'm not going to uh, tell you that 90s basketball was anything like this, because it wasn't. 117 to 114. What is that? Oh, that would have taken six overtimes in the 90s. Are you kidding me? I'm talking about an 84-90 game. Uh, where the leading scorer had 12. That's right. Uh, but but these are two half-court teams that don't mind walking the ball up and executing in the half-court. I even talked about it in the first couple of games with the Thunder, basically trying to make Houston play defense by running the shot clock well you know, well down you know, within six, five seconds and taking a shot then. And, and when you do that, you're also putting pressure on on the offense. I love somebody tweeted me out and said that's the Kelvin Sampson yeah. type of offense. It really was, right? right? You take all 30 seconds, 35 seconds off the shot clock and just try to chunk something up with 4 seconds and get back on defense. That's like Mike Fratello with the Cavs back in the oh, 90s. Oh, the Terrell Brandon. Yeah, uh, the very big Sean Kemp era. Oh, yeah, yeah, talk about a guy who liked to eat. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, but um, yes, and it's the Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder, they don't necessarily like to get out in transition. So, when it does happen, you have to take advantage of it. By the way, both these teams tied seven points each uh, on the fast break. Yeah, and look, there was a couple of opportunities, especially early in the game. Uh, we saw a couple of times where Houston got a fast break off a made basket. OKC just, you know, Daniel House yep. slipped back behind the defense. The the, the Thunder missed it. Um, and that was something that, again, in a tight series, a possession or two like that can swing the game. So, you know, that is something that the Houston Rockets can do. Not only that, but they can do that and turn that into a three-point attempt. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And so you have to watch out for that. The other thing, Jerry, how many Steven Adams post-ups did we see today? One? Maybe two? That's not a thing. So that's, you know, in that game one, uh, it seemed like, okay, we got to feed Steven Adams because yep. he's got a mismatch. And, you know, but, but they went away from that and they're making Harden work on defense because when he's just doing straight up man to man, he can do fine in that area. You mentioned he's kind of a stocky dude. Yep. Uh, but you got to, when you have to make him move on defense and react, that's a whole different thing, and that can uh, maybe have a small impact on the offensive end for him. Watching Stephen Adams, and we'll get to Ryan Chapman, and he's going to take us around the association in just a second, but watching Stephen Adams in this series, is it going to be easier for Oklahoma City to move away from Stephen Adams, showing that when there's a clear mismatch, he just can't take advantage of it because it's not his game? I'm not talking S on Stephen Adams, John. Right. I'm not. What I'm telling you is he's never going to be the guy that you can feed and get 24 and 12 uh, when there's a clear mismatch, he's going to give you. And he listen, he didn't have a bad game, twelve and eight. He really no, he did. had an impactful game today. He did, uh, but he's not a rim protector, Mm-mm. and he's not a guy that you can dump the ball into. No, and uh, yeah, he's been miscast in that area. And and believe me, people that are, that are pointing me at his salary for this season and next, I hear you. Okay, the, he got an inflated contract back in 2016. Uh, I mean, that's that's so did dream. everybody. So did everyone. Yeah, but um, but no, I I think. Um, you know, let's make another 90s reference. I brought this up on a pod recently. Remember whenever like teams would not post up Muggsy Bogues? Muggsy yes. Bogues was a five foot three. 
point guard. And, you know, there was a mismatch every time down the floor, but teams didn't do that because it was, it was not natural to their offense, right? Yep. It was, it took us out of everything that we normally do whenever we keep trying to post up Mark Jackson and he backs down for 15 seconds on Muggsy Bogues and it brought their offense to a halt. Same thing here. If you have, a situation that makes sense. Steven posts it up down low, um, or, or a quick pass you can get him that makes sense. But yeah, just absolutely giving him the rock and, and having him go Hakeem Olajuwon, that has never been his game. Oh my gosh, could you imagine Steven Adams with the uh, dream shake? Oh, that would be... Oh. The Kiwi shake! Man, oh, that'd be something. That would absolutely be great. Ryan Chapman back in studio doing a great job. Uh, sir, you're coming at the end of your rainbow. Uh, I hope you get a chocolate shake or something uh, to congratulate yourself. And as a matter of fact, a little wink, wink, TV's Jerry might have something for you tomorrow uh, tomorrow morning uh, for such a, such a great job today. But if you could, take us around the association. Now, a franchise NBA playoff scoreboard update presented by Bank 7. Look, Jerry, we're not out of the woods yet. There's still like a few minutes for me to uh, get fired here, which is totally possible. But we'll try not to do that in the early game today. The Milwaukee Bucks not having any trouble with the Orlando Magic after dropping game one. A 121-106 to victory that pushes that to a 3-1 count in the series. Of course, the game that we have gathered here to speak about, the Thunder level it 2-2 with a 117-114 to win. Game three is at the half right now. The Miami Heat are up 3-0, looking to close out the Pacers. They are well on their way to doing that. It is 48-42 at halftime. Victor Oladipo with 14 points, five boards and a steal, though, trying to prevent that. And then the nightcap, 8 p.m., we think is when it will start. The Lakers and the Trailblazers, the Lakers obviously lead 2-1, have been resurgent after dropping the first game, but a lot of fun storylines tonight. 8-24, it's Kobe Bryant Day. I think we will see the debut of the Mamba Tribute uniforms, and you know, they're going head-to-head with the RNC tonight, so who knows if that was intentional or not by the National Basketball Association, but there you go, guys. I like the RNC by uh, four, to be honest with you. (laughs) And then two, you would automatically think the RNC is going to lose, but I don't know if you paid attention in 16. Uh, But they can come from behind pretty quick and... uh they they can they go yeah. on a, they go on a run they they have a a lot of fans that don't really identify themselves <laughs> absolutely right and then just show up in the big moments yeah great clutch, clutch. you want to yeah, talk about clutch. Clutch I'm sorry go ahead Ryan yeah I was about to say great clutch rating the RNC that lineup <laughs> yeah absolutely 100 John I know it's the uh, first take post game show uh, with the Thunder we need to uh, sort of finish off this I just listen I know that you appreciate what happened. The other night with Luka Doncic. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to give you a couple of seconds. Pre- uh, press this by, by this, okay? Kevin Durant was the last guy that I saw have that, like, coming of age in front of me. Uh, like Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Phoebe Cates, people know what I'm talking about. You go from a boy, <laughs> from, a boy to a man really quick uh, against uh, Dallas. In the series that Dallas ended up winning, uh, but the Thunder showed a great showing. I saw Kevin Durant turn into a man in that series. Um, it looks very much like whenever that's uh, some look at Doncic fans out here in the, uh, in the parking lot. At here. least you're not breathing into the mic this time, Jerry. <laughs> but uh, Luka Doncic, from boy to man, not the future of the NBA, and I've been saying it all day today, he's the now. He is, look, the, the future of the NBA, when you look at just who's in the league right now, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Zion Williamson, uh, and Luka Doncic, pretty good hands. Notice I didn't mention Marvin Bagley or DeAndre Ayton. 
by the way. DeAndre Aiden looked great in the bubble. You <laughs> shut your mouth. But no, I, look, Luca is a guy that uh, you know Thunder fans. If you paid attention in the preseason, uh, what was that 2016? I think it was uh, when the Thunder went overseas, and and I forgot if it was Real Madrid or, or which which team he was playing for. Uh, he was a Cub. He was 16, 17 years old, maybe at the time, and you just sort of felt like, huh. I think that kid's got a little something, and you know he's out there playing against you know grown NBA individuals yep. and, and holding his own. Um, it was just it was just fun. I was again I was in my recliner. I was kicked back. And Jerry, I get really comfortable when I'm on, <laughs> when I'm in my recliner. When I got my my puppy on my lap, Absolutely. right? And I got little Kobe on my lap, and I'm just uh, I'm just watching. And then Luca hits that shot. And I leapt out of my chair. Kobe's fine, by the way. But, yeah, I just came right up out of my chair. And that doesn't happen very often with me in sports moments anymore. Well, and then, too, just to think about the clamp that was put on him by Reggie Jackson. Oh, man, all of the Twitter coaches came out at that point. Why are you switching everything? You Look, Dallas, they went and broke down the play. Kleba did a great job of sort of luring Reggie Jackson out there and setting a screen that Kawhi couldn't quite get around. Kind of, if you don't switch, then it's an even easier shot yeah. for Luka. Yep, and then uh, just, a little, just, just a tiny piece on a uh, gentleman that was supposed to be here this season, uh, Playoff P. Uh, it's bad. Listen, it is. if you ever have to come on the air and say, don't worry, we got Jerry's back. Like, <laughs> we know something's wrong, right? It's like, oh, yeah, no, I know. don't worry about Jerry. We'll, yeah. we'll take care of that. Bro, <laughs> it's gotten to the locker room. Yeah, and uh, look, Jermichael Green came out today and talked about they're trying to keep him off of social media, okay? <laughs> like, they're trying to keep him from looking at his mentions. I think that Paul George went and disabled the comments on his Instagram uh, accounts today. So, um, no, look, Paul George, I'll, I'll say this, he was in OKC for two years. Uh, I think most everyone you talk to say he's very humble. Yes, he's very agreeable, but pretty much an above-board dude. People really liked Paul George. Yep. Giving himself a nickname that he couldn't live up to has not helped matters. Yikes. That's why MTV's Jerry. <laughs> At least I live up to it. John, great stuff. Ryan, great stuff. Back in studio. Game five. Hey, we're promised a game six. couple more. Uh, no one more disappointed than Mrs. Ramsey. But, yes, game six uh, is promised, and game five is in a couple of nights. We'll find out and let you know if Russell Westbrook's going to be available. If not, does the Oklahoma City Thunder have the momentum to turn this thing? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, great stuff, like I said, from John, from Ryan. Thanks to Brady uh, in Kansas on his way to Oklahoma City. Thanks to Mrs. Ramsey. Thanks to the Luka Doncic fans in the driveway. Uh, thanks to the kids in the other yard for yelling. Good stuff. Uh, all kind of great stuff. Taking care of you. I don't care. From the root to the toot, we will make sure that you get the Thunder information you need. That's why we're the Thunder, the uh, Franchise Thunder Insiders. Coming up next, Rangers baseball on 107.7, the franchise.